Amen. Will you open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. And if you have your phones on you and not your Bibles, this is your chance, your permission to open up your uh, apps right now. And uh, you open up your phones and, you know, you can, you can fake it if you want. And you can play a, a, a game on your phone if you'd like. Or you can open up your Bible. You can read Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 if you would like with me. But today we are continuing our lectionary journey. And this morning as I woke up, I was saying to you how I was reading through this Lectio um, app that allows me to just spend some quality time with Jesus, and I needed that this morning. And when I was asked the question by Jesus and led through this conversation, like Bartimaeus was, Jesus asked me the question, what do you want me to do for you today, Brian? And my answer to Jesus is, I need you to show me your reality in the church. When I get to church today, I need to see that you're really present, that you're really there, and that you're really amongst us, and that I'm not worshiping into some, you know, atmosphere of fake praise, but I'm actually worshiping the God who came as a little baby boy, grew up, provided miracles, proved who he really was, and died on the cross for me. I need to be worshiping that Jesus. I need to see that Jesus today. I almost got to a point where I was begging him, Jesus, I need that today. And so my prayer is that that's something that you get to experience today too. And as we progress through this conversation, you begin to see Jesus more and more today and every day. And that's what epiphany is all about. Until I began to really research what epiphany was, I had really no idea. I knew there was an unveiling of Jesus in the midst of that and a revealing of Jesus. But I needed to see what epiphany was really about. So the lectionary has led us to Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. And the epiphany of Jesus through his baptism with John, Matthew chapter 13, verse, or Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 reads this way. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son. My love, and with him I am well pleased. The epiphany of Jesus. The epiphany of Jesus, which is the manifestation of Christ to the world. A Christian observance originally commemorating this Jesus' baptism. 
Not only that, but beyond that, later on, his changing of water into wine at Cana revealed in the epiphany of Jesus, of who he was. And later, well, we are in that season right now where we commemorate the Magi showing up on the scene. Although they're in the nativity set for many of us, as Kristen alluded to Christmas Day, the Magi show up as the epiphany of Jesus. The epiphany itself comes from a Greek, Greek word meaning appearance or manifestation. And really it's all about Jesus revealing himself. And when we think about epiphany in this idea of revealing, we can't just allow this one section or six weeks of time leading into what would be Lent and then Easter to be the only time that we say, Jesus, I need you to reveal yourself to me. Every morning, I believe that we need to wake up and have these words on our mind, Jesus, I need you to open my eyes up to your reality in this world. Because if we take our eyes off and we stop seeking for Jesus, that's where secularism comes into play. That's where the lack of belief of Jesus comes into play when we stop looking for him. When we stop looking for the Almighty, we begin seeing the world and the busyness and the struggles and the hardships, the brokenness. We begin seeing and we begin believing that there is not a God because of everything that the world provides. But if we always look for the Almighty, we will always see the sacred. I love playing hide-and-seek as a kid. I don't know, anybody else in that same place where they loved playing hide-and-seek as a kid? I loved it. You know, for, even from an early age, we, we play games with our, our, our baby kids, you know, like peekaboo. It's this, this idea of this mystery of where did that person go to? The mystery of, of hide-and-seek, of searching. In Genesis, we see the first game of hide-and-seek. Adam and Eve fall into a world of abyss of darkness because they make this one decision that, that God did not want them to make. And the first question that God asks is, where are you? You know, you remember the, you know, the, the key part, you know, the counting down as, as kids, you know, like uh, hide and seek game, you know, ready or not, here I come. And I, I almost see God playing that role where he's like, you know, counting down. And he goes out in search of Adam and he says, ready or not, Adam, here I come. And for every one of us, God is on that journey with us, seeking after us. But are we willing to be found? Are we willing to be found? I wasn't always great at hide and seek, but you know, as a kid, I, I, I learned that probably the best hiding place in my house was the dryer. <laughs> Until I got too big, of course. My, my, my fear was always that uh, my mom would be doing laundry during that period of time, but it, thankfully I never tumbled through that journey. I, I always found that, you know, or was never found, I guess, in those situations. 
Unlike the poor cheetah. Do you know he's the one animal that always struggled at hide and seek? Because he was always spotted. Yeah. It's January 8th, people. It's the first one. More to come. But in the Garden of Eden, the question is asked, where are you? In hide and seek, if you're the seeker, where's the first place you look? I think you look in the place that you would hide. Right? You, you, you begin that journey of trying to find things in the places that you would hide them. And when we're seeking for Jesus, we begin to look in all the wrong places. Because in the end, Jesus is hidden in plain sight. When you play the game with your kids, the game of hide and seek, a parent would never, ever hide in the hardest, most difficult place for their child to find them, would they? Often parents are, are in the game of hide and seek, um, hiding in plain sight. They would often call out their children, I'm right here. Daddy, where are you? I'm right here. And God's the same way. And that's why he directs us into a childlike faith, especially in the game of hide-and-seek, and that finding Jesus is not that difficult because he's right here all the time. Jesus says, here I am at the door, and I knock. But where? Everywhere. All we have to do is to begin to see Jesus in everything. So as I was driving this morning, after asking that question, Jesus, where are you? Jesus reminded me that same statement that I'm reminding you of right now, that Jesus is everywhere. He is in everything. Where there is beauty, we see him as creator. Where there is creation, we see him as the inspiration. Where there is weather, we see him in control. When we have dreams, we, we see him speaking. When we see hurt, we see him hurt. When there is broken relationships, we see Jesus in restoration. When there is sickness, we see him working and healing, the resting, and, and, and in, the, in the downtime. And when there is death, we see him working in compassion. When we see accidents, we see him rescue. He is right here. And in the end, it's the easiest game of hide-and-seek ever if you just look in the right places. Nobody knew the name Damar Hamlin. Maybe some did, but most didn't until this week. For myself personally, since March, I've 
held off looking at any news. I haven't really uh, listened to CBC radio anymore. I, I just, I've, I felt myself in a season where I don't need to inform myself as much as I always did. I was that type of person that, you know, when, it, when the clock turned to 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, I was listening to the news. I needed to know what was going on. But since March, I've been at peace with not knowing what's going on. I don't have any fear of missing out. Until I was watching the hockey game the other day, and the hockey game finished. Sports Center came on, and they said these words. We're going to continue to update you on Damar Hamlin's state. Damar Hamlin? Who's Damar Hamlin? And I turned over to the football game, and, and there it was, this solemn stadium. What would usually be filled with chanting fans was filled with praying fans. Fans that were seeking out to Jesus for, for healing for a Damar Hamlin who was being rushed to the hospital. If you don't know this story, um, you're better at ignoring news than I am. But this week, what I noticed as I continued to look for and search for Damar Hamlin's name, what I came across primarily was pray for Damar. And men who had faith in Jesus, who had the spotlight, felt for the first time that they could nationally pray to Jesus for someone. And I was amazed by the strength of these people who said, I don't care what you think, I'm going to pray to the Jesus that I have found in my life. And they prayed. And I don't know if it made a difference to Damar Hamlin. You know, he has come through that. And a lot of people will probably say because of medical science and because of the doctors and because of everything that went on, that Damar is now able to be in the restoration process. But then I know there's a lot of people that found Jesus in this journey. Because the key to it all is to see Jesus in this story and every story. Every story you hear, every thing you talk about, we need to find Jesus in it. So the key point today, and I want to reiterate this a few times over and over again, the key point is this, is that you need to find Jesus all around you. And when you find Jesus all around you, and when you begin to live that lifestyle where you don't see the world but you see Jesus, then you need to begin to be Jesus all around you. You need to begin to be Jesus all around you. What does that mean? Within my morning readings, Matthew chapter 25 came repeatedly this week. Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, where Jesus is having a conversation very late 
in his life with his disciples. And it would be just a few days later that Jesus would find himself becoming the sacrifice for all humanity. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, says these words. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed. By my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you, and you looked after me. I was in prison. You came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did you, we see you hungry, and when did we see, feed you and, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. As I'm reading through this, words of Jesus, for I was hungry. And you saw me in that. I was thirsty. And you saw me in that. I was a stranger. And you saw me in that person. I needed clothes. And you saw me in that. I was sick. And you saw me in the sickness. We need to find Jesus all around us. But then the second point is when you saw me in the hunger, when you saw me in the thirst, when you saw me as a stranger, when you saw that I needed clothes, you became me to each of those situations. So in the epiphany of Jesus, in the revealing of Jesus, when we see Jesus all around us, we need to be Jesus all around. We need to be Jesus all around us. As a church, especially through the month of January, I'll be challenging each one of us. In the next couple weeks, you'll be receiving some um, information about continued missions here at KBC as we continue to focus in on, uh, on what we do as a church in loving community or growing community by loving, following, and sharing Jesus. And in our Old overflow, we now have our, our missions wall. And our six missions are primarily focused around our local schools, our food basket, outflow, Cantalacidic, our journey in Dominican with Life Aid, and Bolivia. And my challenge to each one of us is to find ourselves in one of those missions. And signing your name to one of those missions and say, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that KBC is able to fulfill the mission of one of these six at minimum. Now, if you want to be involved in all six, that's, that's great. You know, that, that, that'll be perfectly fine. And, you know, there'll be advantage, uh, uh, you know, uh, opportunities to find yourself involved in all six. But at minimum, 
I want you to sign up for one and put your name down and your phone number down and say, whenever we need to serve an outflow meal, if you need anybody, I'm signing up. Now, it doesn't mean you have to do all 12. We try to do 12 meals throughout the year. But what it's saying is that you're at least going to do the minimum. I'm at least going to try to, to be Jesus in one of those situations. I'm asking you to do that. So over the next couple weeks, we'll be asking you to check off which one you really have a heart for. A lot of us, it's craft dinner. For others, it's going to be helping out with whatever we need to do at Quispam Elementary School, with the food basket deliveries, with food uh, you know, drives, whatever that might be, with helping out with outflow, like I talked about, with meals, with going out to Camp Lackadick on work days, or whether it's even you know, doing the diaper program for the Life Aid, or my excitement is that the next couple of weeks, I'm, I'm going to be uh, announcing dates for our trip to Bolivia in June of 2024. Those are all opportunities to be Jesus all around you. That's the mission of KBC, to grow that community by loving, following, and sharing Jesus. And in 2022, we had a vision of each one of us taking one more step towards loving Jesus. And I pray that it was a success. I don't know how to measure that success well enough other than asking you the question, did you take one more step towards loving Jesus in 2022? And I pray that you did. If you didn't, we can have those conversations for for myself as pastor to be able to disciple you to maybe be able to do that. But for 2023, as we continue to uh, allow God to transform KBC into a 360 church led by 90-degree leaders. And this is the first time I get to do this this year. But again, loving 90, love, uh, with a 90-degree leader relationship, it's about loving God and loving neighbor, a 90-degree relationship. So 2022, we talked about loving God one more step. In 2023, we're going to love neighbor one more step. Each one of us in this year is going to at least take one more step into loving neighbor. That'll look different for many of us. We're not all going to have the same neighbor. And whether it's a physical neighbor, a coworker, or, or someone you meet at the grocery store, you're going to take one more step into loving that neighbor. Because this is the epiphany of Jesus, This is the revealing of Jesus. For many of us, Jesus has been revealed to us. But for some of us, there is a neighbor in our life that has never had the epiphany of Jesus. The revealing of Jesus. They don't see Jesus all around them. They don't see Jesus in creation. They don't see Jesus in the beauty. They they don't see Jesus in the weather, the dreams, the hurt, the broken relationships, sickness, death. They don't see Jesus. And in many of these things, the reason that they don't believe in Jesus is because they haven't had a loving neighbor come beside them and be the epiphany of Jesus, the revealing of Jesus in their life. So if every single one of us from KBC 
was able to be the epiphany of Jesus in someone's life, there would be no empty seats within this room on a Sunday morning because the epiphany of Jesus has come to them through you. We can be Jesus all around us. The epiphany of Jesus. Today is January 8th, not the first Sunday of the month that we as Baptists traditionally would celebrate communion. But today is the day that we get to do that. So Richard is going to come and share some scripture with you. And my prayer is that you have your communion cups with you. If you don't, I would love to go grab one for you. Um, just put your hand up, or Nadine might grab some for you. Um, but if you don't, go ahead and just put your hand up. But Richard is going to come and share one more scripture from this week's lectionary. And we get to share communion together.